0: Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Welcome to those of you worshiping at home. Welcome to those of you worshiping in the pews. Welcome to those of you who are new here with us this morning. And welcome to those of you who have been longtime members. It is a joy to worship with all of you this day. If you are here in the Sanctuary this morning, you will find a red Friendship folder in your pew. I will invite you to fill out the information that you will find there, and especially if you are new here with us this morning, we would love to be able to follow up with you after worship. I also hope that you will take time to look at the many announcements we have in our bulletin, but I wanted to mention two things for you this morning. First, we look forward to next Sunday being Children's Sunday. We look forward to being led in worship by our youngest disciples, and we hope you will join us there for joyful noise and grand worship. Also, this upcoming Saturday, May 7th, the Cub Scout Pack 3 will be having their annual yard sale here at the church in the parking lot from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. We hope you will come. Beloved church, we learn this time of year that Easter is not just a day, but a season. A season where we hear stories of the risen Christ, where we recognize God in our midst, where we heed God's call for the way forward. So let us live into this season. Let us open ourselves up to be moved by God's presence among us. Let us worship God together.
1: Please stand as you are able and join us in our responsive call to worship. Children of God, if you lift your net and it is empty, come here will cast it out again into christ's abundance if you open your eyes but do not recognize the holy one come here we'll find the risen christ here among us if your life is filled with mourning come here christ is leading a dance of joy come here people of god let us give blessing and honor and glory to god please continue to stand and join us singing hymn number 826 Lift High the Cross.
0: Beloved Church, we lift high Christ's cross, the symbol of death and resurrection, of violence and peace, of desertion and love. So trusting in the resurrected Christ, we lift high our confessions so that even our faults we may know God's grace and mercy. So let us confess our sins this morning using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Gracious and merciful God, forgive us when we fail to see you in the face of a stranger, the voice of a neighbor, or the cry of a person in need. Forgive us when we are so consumed with our own stories that we forget the truth of the Easter story. Forgive us when we are quick to judge and slow to act, quick to speak and slow to listen, quick to fear and slow to care. Break into our lives, God of surprises. Grant us the faith to recognize you. Church, the mercy of the risen Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Christ meets us wherever we are and says, follow me. As we seek to follow the risen Christ in our words and actions, let us give thanks and proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. given people, we are invited to share the peace of Christ with one another, and you may do so using American Sign Language. May the peace of Christ be with you, and also with you. Let us share with one another the peace of Christ. Peace, peace those of you in the front pew. forward for a time for young disciples come on young friends we're coming all the way up to the top come on up come on up hello Tucker how are you that's good hello Harrison how are you good morning good morning I think Raphael is coming up too. It is good to see you all today. Thanks for coming up here. I have a question. Has anyone ever asked you an annoying question? Has anyone ever asked you an annoying question? Yeah, I see yes. Well, when I was younger, I have two younger brothers. I don't know if you know that. I have two younger brothers, and we used to ask our parents annoying questions all the time. Can what, yeah, we kind of like that. Can we get ice cream? Well, especially when we were in the car, we used to ask, Are we, Are we there, yet? there yet? Are, we there, Are yet? we there yet? Are we there yet? And that's Are right, like that, like that. that the most annoying question Yes. Yes. Well, so in our Bible story today, Jesus asks Peter three questions. He, yeah, exactly. He says, Jesus asks Peter, He says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I do love you, Jesus. But then Peter, or Jesus says it again. He, he says it a second time. He says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I do love you, Jesus. And then Jesus asks it a third time. Peter, do you love me? And that third time, Peter kind of gets annoyed. He kind of gets upset. Because nobody likes to be asked the same question over and over again. But then Jesus says to Peter, and he explains to him that this question is really important because Jesus is not going to be with Peter forever. Not in the same way. He's going to be with him in spirit and in his heart. But he wants Peter to know, and he wants, he wants to know if Peter loves Jesus. So this question, do you love me is something that we think of this week. It is something that we think of, especially in the Easter season, when we try and see all the ways that God is showing up in unexpected ways and calling us to do things that maybe we're not expecting. And one of the ways we can figure that out is if we ask if we are loving God and if we're loving one another. So this week, I'm, I want you to keep that question on your heart, just like Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? Okay. Can you repeat after me? Do you love me? Do you love me? That's right. So we're gonna think of that question this week. Okay. All right. Well, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you, God, we thank you. for your love, for your love. And, we pray and we pray that we share your love, share your love. With, the world. with the world. Amen. All right, well, you can head back to your uh, time with music with Mr. Carpenter, or back to the pews.
1: As we turn now to hear the word read and proclaimed, let us prepare our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. Living God, help us to hear your holy word with open hearts and open minds. May your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please join me in our responsive reading from Psalm 30. Together, let us listen for the word of God. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up. And did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you have established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Our second scripture reading is beyond what is printed in your bulletin this morning. We will be reading from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Listen for the word of the Lord. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, "'We will go with you.' They went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, "'Children, you have no fish, have you?' They answered him, "'No.' He said to them, "'Cast the nets to the right side of the boat.' and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish. A hundred fifty three of them, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish.
2: Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, Follow me. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, you just got a reading from this 21st chapter of the gospel according to John. Maybe some of it stuck, some of it slid right by. It's a long one, but I tell you, when I first read it this week, I felt as if it was perhaps a chapter we didn't even need. Because for all intents and purposes, the curtain has already come down on the drama of the gospel. The climax has happened, the resolution of John's gospel. Just think back with me a moment. And those of you who are in our Bible study of John on Wednesdays, you may be able to think back even more than others. Throughout this gospel, we've heard many, many stories of Jesus' ministry, right? And then the drama picked up. As Jesus was betrayed by his friends and then put on trial, the drama continued as he suffered. The depths of human pain was crucified on a cross. And then we reached the climactic point while the world was still dark. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene arrived at the tomb to discover it was empty. And you remember the story? It was just two weeks ago. Mary encounters the risen Christ. He calls her by name. She runs to tell the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And then the resolution continues last week as Jesus appears to his disciples as well, breathing life back into their scared and shame-filled hearts, reminding them, peace be with you. He breathes on them the breath of the Holy Spirit, reminds all of them of their calling as his disciples to go forth into the world to love and to serve. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. There is resurrection. There is resolution. And then at the end of chapter 20, John wraps it all up in this beautiful bow that says, Now Jesus did many other signs, in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. The curtain falls, the audience is on their feet, wiping away tears, this beautiful story that has just come to its resolution. And then here comes John again. From behind the curtain, waving at the light guy, say, I've, I've got one more here. Sorry, folks, I know you thought that was it, but I've, I've got one more story to tell. I hope you won't mind. You know, the audience is checking their watches for their dinner reservation, but, but okay, John, let's keep this one short. As Tom Troger is quick to point out, In this 21st chapter, there seems to be some fear at the end of John that we might not have gotten the meaning of all that we've seen and heard. So one more unforgettable story is told. And it starts after all these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. And then we read this final chapter. And it's filled, this is the most fascinating part to me, it's filled with flashbacks, one after another, of all that has already taken place in these 20 chapters before. Yes, it's a different story, but it's just hearkening back to things we've seen before. And Tom Troger definitely helped me to pay attention to this more closely. I didn't quite pick up on all of them right away. But I found myself asking if this is full of flashbacks, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but if it's full of flashbacks, why do we even need this chapter? Isn't it kind of redundant? We've been here. We've done that. Why do we need more? Well, friends, lest we forget, a God who is always opening scriptures to us in a new way, and always doing something new among us, the point is God may have a final word for us too. A final word in even these final verses, reminding each and every one of us that this story we know so well, well, it's God's story. And God's story isn't over. For example, in in these final verses of John. The part Alex read, you hear of the risen Christ offering bread and fish to the disciples. And if you were paying attention earlier in John, you are immediately transported back to John 6, when Jesus blessed five loaves and two fish, and fed a crowd of 5,000 on the shores of a lake. And so in case we missed it the first time, or wrongly concluded that Christ's abundant generosity was only ever going to be a thing of the past, never to be experienced again, here we are on the banks of the same lake with the same disciples, with bread and with fish, reminded that the risen Christ continues to bless us and feed us. His generosity could never be confined to the past, but is ever-present wherever the Spirit of God is moving. Because God's story isn't over. In the same vein, we read in these final verses in John that the disciples cast their net on the right side of the boat, as the risen Christ instructed them to do. And perhaps in that reading... We find ourselves thinking of all the other fishing adventures that the disciples have been on. And you may not know this, but the disciples, who supposedly are fishermen, never catch a single fish in any of the Gospels without the help of Christ. They always need his help. And so if we are going to fulfill the mission that Jesus has entrusted to our care in that John 20, it's a big conclusion, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Well, in this 21st chapter, John reminds us that we will always need the risen Christ. That this will never be work we do on our own. We will always need the risen Christ guiding us and feeding us. Because God's story isn't over. We read in the text, again, 21st chapter, we're just we're hunkering down here today, that on the banks of the Sea of Tiberias, none of the disciples recognized Jesus. And if that doesn't spark anything familiar in your mind, then you've missed the last two weeks, and they, one of them was a really big one. We remember, while it was still dark, on the first day of the week... This is how John 20 begins. Mary did not recognize him either. And then a week later, or that night and a week later, the disciples didn't recognize him either. The disciples, when he first appeared to them, they didn't recognize him. And by this point in the story, Jesus, the risen Christ, has appeared to the disciples not once, but twice, once when they were behind locked doors. Remember, they were very scared. And then again, when they were in the presence of their friend Thomas. We heard about that from Alex last week. So they have already seen him twice. And yet here they are on the beach. And they still don't recognize him. And so I wonder. I wonder if perhaps the point of John sharing this, again, in this 21st chapter, this final note is to caution us to really caution us, reminding us that if we are tempted to leave the drama of John, thinking that we'd never be so blind as to miss the presence of Jesus before us, then we ought not to be so certain. Because God's story isn't over. I've got a couple more. Within our text, we hear of the disciples Peter, being one of them, gathering around a charcoal fire. It's a really strange detail. Do you know the only other time in all of Scripture, not just in the Gospel according to John, in all of Scripture, the only other time the words charcoal fire are used? It's when Peter, the same guy, is warming himself around a charcoal fire just three chapters earlier when he denies Jesus three times. And so here we are around another fire, a charcoal fire, and we can't help but think back on that cock crowing when Peter realized what he'd done. And yet here, around another fire, just like it, redemption is offered as Christ calls upon Peter three times, to Peter's annoyance and frustration, Peter, do you love me? In these final verses of John, we're challenged not to remember Peter's denial and unfaithfulness. We are challenged to remember that far more important than anything Peter has done, Christ is still willing to engage and entrust the future of this ministry, even to Peter. To someone whose life had been marked by rash decisions and denial and the shame that came with them. And I don't know about you, but I find that a deep comfort. Knowing that Christ might still be willing to return to me as well. Because God's story isn't over. God's story is not over. It wasn't then. It isn't today. And John wants to make sure we know it. Here in these final verses, John returns to the stage, even though we've already had the drama, even though we've already reached the climactic point and had all the resolutions we would need. John returns for one more story. Because he knows that we're going to miss Christ when he's before us. John knows we're going to forget our need for Christ in every part of the journey ahead. But he also knows... A truth which we are called to cling to that Christ's generosity and abundance will never change. He knows that in spite of our mistakes, in spite of everything we could do to deny or reject the Lord, Christ will still return to us with grace. And love, Christ will still entrust this ministry to our care. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. It was as true then as it is true now. I will send you again and again and again. Some things never change because God's story isn't over. So do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Then tend my lambs. Do you love me? Then follow me. And follow me is the last one. Because even in these words, we can be transported back to the beginning. They are the last words Jesus will speak to Peter and any of the disciples. But they are among the first words that he ever spoke to them to. Follow me. Words that stretch beyond the first century context in which they were written. Words that stretch to us even now. Follow me. To the lost and the least. To the brokenhearted and the betrayed. To the poor and the hungry and everywhere else, this world will tell you, you don't need to go. Because it is everywhere that God's love needs to go. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, follow me. Because God's story isn't over. Thanks be to God. Amen.
0: Beloved Church, we have heard the word read and proclaimed this day that indeed the story is not over and that we are called to follow. So as we seek to do these things, let us stand And sing together the hymn 726, Will You Come and Follow Me.
1: join me as we affirm our faith through these words from the Apostles' Creed. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was bountied by the Holy Mary, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried.
0: Please be seated. In the many Easter stories that we hear this season, we hear of God's abundance. Disciples pulling nets full of fish. Strangers talking for countless hours on the road. Jesus' physical body appearing out of thin air. So, in this season, we give thanks for the miracle and mystery of God's abundance, and we seek God's call to service and faith. So, let us respond to God's abundance by offering who we are and what we have. Let us share our morning tithes and offerings.
2: You may be seated. So do you love me and feed my sheep? Do you love me and tend my lambs? Do you love me and follow me? Friends, we are called to follow Christ into the world wherever he leads. The same call was for the disciples then, and it is the same call that is here for us now. Follow me wherever he leads, into places where all hope has been lost, into places where the lost and the least dwell in isolation, into the places we never thought we'd go but we will never journey into alone. Christ goes before us and begs us to follow and to share God's love and mercy and grace and peace in his name. But as John reminds us today, in this extra chapter tagged on the end, God's story is not over. And there are times we're going to miss Christ when he's before us times we're going to forget our need for Christ in every part of our journey ahead, times we're going to deny him and assume that we can go it alone. But John also reminds us that Christ's generosity and abundance and grace will never change. Christ's charge to us will never change, and so we gather at this table again and again to be strengthened for the journey ahead. Because, friends, this is the beloved feast of the people of God. It is not my table or Alex's or this church's. This is the table of Jesus Christ. People will come to it from east and west, from north and south, from Trenton and Morrisville and Philadelphia and Princeton and all sides of the world, all corners of the world, where hope has been lost every single part of this earth. Everyone is welcome at this table. Because this is the table of the people of God, and here there are none who are turned away. Here everyone is welcome and everyone is called to follow Christ. So, friends, let us be strengthened together for the journey ahead, and let us feast together in his name.
0: The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift up the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right to give our thanks and praise for you are blessed, O God, creator of all things. By your power and love, you continue to deliver your people from bondage, thwart the designs of evil, show the way through the wilderness, turn hardship into righteousness, and reveal your hand upholding the just. For all these reasons and for the way you conduct these actions in the world, O God, we give you great thanks. For you make cosmic peace your aim, and you deliver it through holy words whispered on a beach, an invitation to follow you in resurrected discipleship. Nourished at this table, O God, may we know Christ's redemptive love and live a new life in him, Help us who recognize our Lord in the breaking of the bread to see and serve Him. Give us grace to share our bread with the hungry of stomach and also of heart. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. So pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, and upon these your gifts of bread and cup, that through them we may be able to follow our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, and that we may be able to tend to our own flock. May we not wander, but go wherever he leads us, listening for his voice and staying near him, until we are well within the fold of your eternal calling for us and our community. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever Amen On the night that Jesus was arrested he took some bread having given thanks he blessed it broke it gave it to his disciples and said take eat This is my body given for you. Every time you eat of it, do this in remembrance of me.
2: And in the same way, he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do so remembering me. My friends, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again in glory. My friends, today we will receive the Lord's Supper through intinction, Which means you'll come up forward by way of the center aisle, receive a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, take and eat, and return to your seat by either of the side aisles. If you would prefer, if you are in need of a gluten free option, that is available as well as a sealed option if you would prefer that for our supper this day. And if you are unable to come forward, we're more than happy to seat you, to serve you where you're seated. So come, you who have much faith. And come, you who would like to have so much more. Come, you who have been to this table often, and come, you who have not been in a very, very long time. Come, you who will not recognize Christ when He's before you, and come, you who will forget His love and mercy time and again. Come, you who have tried to follow Jesus, and come, you who have failed because all are welcome at Christ's feast. And it is Christ alone who invites you to this table. So friends, let us come and feast.
0: Let us pray. Loving God, here at this table, we celebrate the resurrection as you feed us with bread and cup. As much as we might prefer to stay here in this protected place, you send us back out into the world. We give you thanks that we do not go alone, because we know you are here with us and in us shaping and transforming us to be your witness in the world. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Church, as you are able, please stand in body or spirit and join together in singing our final hymn, 450, Be Thou My Vision.
2: Church, God's story did not end on that Easter day. It did not end at the conclusion of the Gospel of John. God's story is not done even yet. And so we are called to follow, to follow wherever it is into the world that Christ leads and to be strengthened for that journey wherever we go together. And as you go out into this world to be led, to follow where Christ leads, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, may it be with you, with those you love, and with those you are called to love as you follow Christ in this world, this day, and forevermore. And together we say, Amen. Amen.